When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show. The place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Audio Mailbag Podcast, Week 14 edition. And for the first time, I think all year, since we've been doing the Audio Mailbag Podcast, the Bears actually lost. Which is unfortunate, but we were on a pretty good streak, wouldn't you say, Brandon? Yeah, we were on a pretty good streak. I think we might have uh, said a little too much, trying to stress the point that we're undefeated when we do the mailbag. But uh, yeah, I think that's what jinxed it, but... I'll still take one loss when we do the mailbags. Yeah, we're, we're doing pretty pretty good so far, and I didn't even introduce my outstanding co-host for tonight's podcast, Brandon Hazlett, as usual, but it's another week, and we're doing another audio mailbag podcast, but before we get into all the great questions we have for tonight, we got some good news earlier today in the Bears press conferences that they had with Matt Nagy and also Mitch Trubisky, basically saying, for what it sounds like, Sounds like the Bears are going to have Mitch Trubisky for their Sunday night matchup against the the Rams. So huge because right now, if if it was going to be Chase Daniel against the Rams, I don't think Bears fans, you and I, would be as excited for this game. But what's what are you feeling now, Brandon? Knowing, pretty much knowing that Mitch Trubisky is going to be the guy come Sunday night. Yeah, I feel relieved. Uh, you know, Chase Daniel is a good guy, uh, but at the same time. You know, we all know that Mitch is the better quarterback, and, and Chase did his job. He did his job. Let's not uh, bash on him, you know, in that way or anything. Uh, but he uh, he's had his time. I'll say that. <laughs> he's had his time for sure. And like you said, he did his job one-on-one with two road games, 
And the Bears almost beat the Giants. They really did. And some mistakes early on really put them in a hole. But one and one, and now hopefully the Bears can put that behind them. And you could go back to your starting quarterback who got you, you know, to these eight wins on the season, uh, except for the one that Chase Daniel actually won. But it's great to hear that Mitch Trubisky is doing, uh, doing well. And he said that he's almost 100%. And that's great to hear because that was his throwing shoulder and definitely want that to be a full go for the rest of the season. But Brandon, you're ready to get to these. We have a couple of audio questions. And then we also have some Twitter questions. You ready to get to it? Let's do it, do it. Let's do it, do it. And our first question comes from a fan from St. Joe, Michigan. Here it is. Hey, guys. Love the show. This is Brandon in St. Joe, Michigan. Shout out to Brandon. And my question is, with Mitch playing the way he's playing uh, and scrambling as a big part of his game, if the Bears are going to make a run at a championship over the next couple of years here, how concerned are you with with the way he plays, seeing that Carson Wentz and Cam Newton both have, have gotten injured in the past? Is that a level of concern for you guys? Anyways, bear down. Brandon, shout out to me. Shout out to you. Shout out to Brandon. Shout out to St. Joe, Michigan. I've been there before. Got a super nice beach, but I don't recommend going now. It's probably a little cold up there. Uh, <laughs> so anyone that needs, you know, wants to visit St. Joe during the summertime, they've got a super nice beach up there. Uh, and also shout out to Brandon because he shouted me out. So got to got to send a shout out back. Thanks for the question, man. Uh, but yeah, this the uh, Trubisky scrambling is a level of concern because uh, you brought up Carson Wentz and Cam Newton, uh, but let's not forget about guys like uh, Michael Vick or he's really just the one that comes to mind. They're not really known as any of the greatest of all time. Uh, Mike Vick was known as that different kind of quarterback that kind of brought in the the scrambling quarterback uh, to the NFL, really, as far as I can remember. Uh, Not to show my age, but I remember playing uh, Madden 04 when he was on the cover. So that was always fun. But regardless, uh, I mean, Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, uh, typically you see pocket passers that are better all-time quarterbacks like Dan Marino, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, guys that you know can stay upright and stay healthy, and that's a big key to it. Uh, and I think that Mitch is going to have to, at some point, uh, learn to do that a little bit more. But at the same time, uh, you got to do what you got to do to pick up yards. And if he's got that athleticism, then go ahead and use it. Uh, but as far as being a, a long-term concern, uh, yeah, I would definitely say that I'm I'm worried for him. Uh, Nick, what do you uh, what do you have? So I think it would be a concern if Trubisky doesn't learn how to slide. Because that's that's why True. he wasn't playing these past two games. To be completely honest, is because it was an it was an awkward slide. He put his right arm in an awkward position, and then you have Harrison Smith comes in, lays a hit on him, and then that puts some added pressure on there. He misses two games because of it. So that's where I think it's a concern. But I know Brandon, you bring up in your question, the Bears are always if they're going to make a run at a championship. Well, look. I think if the Bears, you know, end up making a championship in, you know, the next couple of years, it might it's probably going to be because Trubisky's still scrambling. He's still making those improvised plays and is able to extend the plays because look, that's a part of his game. I don't think you could take that away from him and he, he's really good at it. The thing is, if he doesn't learn how to slide, that can really be detrimental to the Bears and him because if you're not available, then what good are you, right? So he needs right. to learn how to slide, and Trubisky has admitted to this. Since he's been injured, he's admitted that he needs to learn because that led to the injury, like I said, against the Vikings. But I think, ultimately, the Bears you know, keep playing the defense the way that they are. The offense further improves. Uh, Trubisky improves. 
I think that's still going to be a part of his game. That's just who he is. He's an athletic quarterback. He really is. He used to, I think, what, in high school, uh, you know, he's almost like a, built like a running back. He was just able to get downfield and get those, you know, additional yardage. And you see that right now. When he gets in the open field, he doesn't initially look to go down. He'll look to see if he can get some more yards. But when he's in those situations where defenders are bearing down on him and, you know, the only option is to slide, he needs to learn how to do it you know, safely because what he did against the Vikings can't have that going on anymore. Can't keep missing games because that will hurt your team ultimately. Well, and to add to that too, uh, he needs to learn when to improvise and when not to, if it's better to just throw the ball away in a certain situation, then I'd rather him do that than try and pick up one or two yards. Uh, if there's no really running lanes open, I, I like that he's got this athleticism, but I think sometimes, you know, we still see the happy feet where he wants to make the play with his feet. So he's just got to be able to learn to stick in the pocket as long as he can. And that'll help him get to that championship level and then just use the running uh, as, a, as a side note, I guess, to his game that you still have to be wary of as a defense. Uh, but it shouldn't be one of the first things he reverts to if the offensive line is not having a good week. Yeah, and the next the next step, I think, for, for Trubisky is because, like you said, when things aren't there, he'll run as his, his second option. But you, the great quarterbacks, the ones that don't maybe have the physical gifts like Trubisky, they'll, they can still extend plays, but they're looking for the pass downfield. That's going to be the next step for Trubisky where he can extend plays instead of running for maybe those four or five yards and still get the first down, which is great. Don't get me wrong. That's great. But what if there's that play, that open receiver downfield for 20, 25 yards? That'll be the next step for Trubisky. And you know what? That just prolongs the way he he's able to play the game, that, that he's able to extend plays and, you know, just remain healthy in the NFL, is extend plays and then look for the pass downfield. That's what all the great quarterbacks can do who aren't athletically as gifted as Trubisky. So, again, to answer your question, both Brandon and I, yeah, it would be a concern. But I think this is something that Brisky, especially not playing the last two weeks, has really thought about. Like, hey, I need to put the best my team's in the best position to win when I'm on the field. So he has to be on the field and be healthy to do that. All right, Brandon, we're going to go to our second question of the night. And it comes from a fan from Philly. Here's your question. Hey, guys, this is Dean calling from Philly. Wanted to just do a quick question about James Daniels. Uh, last game, he struggled a little bit, wondering whether or not that had to do more with strength, uh, being a rookie, or footwork, and what things look like with Aaron Donald coming to town. Um, how do we get him going, and do we have anything to worry about in the future? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Hope everything's going well. That's a good question, Dean. And I went back and, and watched the tape on the offensive line uh, against against the Giants last week. And you know what? To be completely honest, I thought James Daniels had a all right game. Yes, there were times where he's pulling and he misses the, the guy he's supposed to block or he's just late picking up a blitzer. But for the most part, when he's just asked to block the guy in front of him or to block the zone, whatever it may be, the gap, I thought Daniels did an okay job. Now, you mentioned Aaron Donald. Look, I don't care what guard it is. It doesn't matter. what uh, Whether you're a rookie, a veteran, uh, let a guard in the, in the league, Aaron Donald's going to give you fits regardless. So for me, uh, what it was in terms of what, what Daniels made mistakes on, I think it was just going playing a little too fast. Because when you do that, when he did that in the game against the Giants, he missed his assignments, missed those blocks. But really, when he watched the tape, 
a lot of the guys in the offensive line were really missing key blocks. And that really resulted in the Bears doing what they did. And w- which we know a 30 to 27 loss, uh, you know, a lot can go on the offensive line. But I don't think Daniels was the biggest issue out of all the offensive linemen there. Um, and do we have anything? I know you asking your question, anything to worry about in the future? I don't think so. Daniels was plugged in. Um, he's played multiple positions, you know, early on before the season started. I think he's going to be a good uh, left guard in this league. He has all the athleticism. And you got to remember when the Bears actually got their one rushing touchdown of the day uh, against the Giants, which was Akeem Hicks, uh, which is still an amazing <laughs> play. He lines up behind Charles Leno Jr. and James Daniels. He's behind those two guys, goes right behind them, and is able to get that touchdown. So I think Daniels had an all right day. But Brandon, you being the trenches guy, what was your assessment of Daniels uh, against you know the the Giants last week? I think you were spot on with your assessment of him. Uh, just playing too fast. It's really just being a rookie thing. I mean, he'll with time he'll learn to slow the game down, be able to hit those blocks when he pulls. Uh, and something that, you know, on the, the biggest run of the day that Jordan Howard had was he was running behind Charles Leno Jr., who was the pulling tackle. Uh, it's not too often you see the tackle pulling in those situations. So I don't know if it was Matt Nagy realizing that, you know, Daniels needs to slow down a little bit and we'll have Charles Leno pull as something different. I, you know, can't really tell you the last time I've seen a tackle pull like that uh, and then still get decent yards up the middle. Uh, with Aaron Donald coming to town, I mean, also, like you said, Aaron Donald's going to do Aaron Donald things to whoever he's lining up uh, against, uh, regardless, uh, old, young, uh, top-tier Pro Bowl, uh, first-team All-NFL, whatever. I mean, he's going to do Aaron Donald things to you. So there's not a whole lot we can really do about that other than help double-team. I think that whoever uh, Aaron, Donald, Aaron Donald lines up uh, against, he'll get help from, from Cody Whitehair as far as trying to keep him out of the middle of the offensive line. Uh, and how do we get Daniels going? It's just going to come with time. I'm not necessarily too worried about um, him getting going because he's played pretty well as a rookie so far. Uh, there's not very many, hardly any complaints uh, with his play on the offensive line so far. Just other, He's got to slow things down, and that's really just the, the big takeaway. And once we get that strained out, there's nothing to worry about in the future. I worry more about the other guard position uh, more than I do James Daniels to answer that question. So... Uh, nice to get some questions on the offensive line. Yeah, and uh, I know you love it. And I actually, when we got these questions, because our next question is actually about the offensive line, I was excited just to see, you know, what these guys actually do up front. So to answer that second question about the offensive line, uh, we're just going to get right into it. And it comes from a fan from Boston. And he has a couple of questions. So here they are. All right, guys. Bears caller from Boston here. Uh, Two-part question. First, um, Brian Whitson, he really struggled uh, against a third-round rookie in B.J. Hill who had three sacks. And that's something he's not, you know, a premier pass rusher in the NFL, and he's good. But so, I mean, sh- should we switch Derek Guard to Derek Christian option? And also, um, what's the status of Kyle Long? Is he, is it, I mean, is he coming back? Did he come back to that Minnesota game in Week 17? And finally, when are the Bears going to consistently start and give the ball to Jordan Howard? He had a really good game there, and the Bears just didn't run him in the second half. When is that going to change? When are the Bears going to start committing to the run to the whole game? Thanks. To answer your first question, should the Bears make the switch at guard? You know what? I, that's a question that is, uh, one, legitimate because of how Brian Witzman played last season. I'm just going to read you some of the things that I have in my notes from the All-22 
uh, just from watching Witzman and what he wasn't able to do. And yeah, it's it's not pretty. So we'll just start with the first one. And it, it, here it goes. Witzman again gives up pressure. And so is Leno. Witzman is responsible for letting the center know how to snap. That was just a note for me because I was saying, I was looking at all these plays and Witzman, every time before uh, Cody Whitehair made the snap, He's responsible for tapping him on, on the thigh or whatever. And then I have a note. Needs to just focus on blocking. It's that bad. And then, <laughs> then I have a note. Witzman is going to get Trubisky killed. Gets out of position on a block. Howard doesn't chip either. And, I mean, I have another note. Witzman steps right when everyone steps left. His guy shoots to the A gap. It's a tackle for loss. And then I have, again, Witzman is going to get Trubisky killed. So that is not what you want to see from your right guard, especially when we just mentioned in the previous question, Aaron Donald's coming to town and he, he lines, he, he likes to go from the left and right side. He's not just a one. He doesn't line up in just one spot. He will rotate at times. So is, is there, could there be a switch? There could be because Brandon and I, we were just talking before um, we, we started answering this question. Well, Cush and Witzman's, you know, used to rotate. And then Kush got, we believe, is some kind of injury, a stinger. And then ever since then, Witzman has taken over. But his play doesn't signify that he should really be the starter right now. I didn't think that Kush was even playing that bad, um, you know, to where now it's just Witzman's sole job. Uh, so that doesn't make sense to me. And I think you also got to factor in Witzman did play in Kansas City. Obviously, Matt Nagy. I wonder if there's that connection there. But I think. You have to put in the best guy that's going to give you the best chance to win. And right now, the way that Witzman played last week against the Giants, against, like you said, some guys that are, you know, not not the best pass rushers, not even premier, you know, not the elite pass rushers in the league, and you're still getting beat consistently, that's not good. Brandon, what's your take on the Witzman, Kush, should there be a switch at guard? What's your take on that? I think since it's just been a, a rotating uh, position, I think that Matt Nagy is just trying to find some sort of consistency, and that's why he's sticking more with Witzman because he, uh, quote-unquote, supposedly knows the offense, uh, quoting you there, Nick. Uh, but when he's stepping right, when everyone else steps left, uh, it tells me he doesn't really know the offense. <laughs> so uh, I would like to see Eric Kush back out there. I thought, uh, you know, even before uh, the injury, he was playing well. And even in years prior, when Kyle Long would go out with injury, Eric Cush steps in, there wasn't really much of a, a lapse as far as offensive line play goes. Uh, so I would, I'd like to see Eric Cush back out there a little bit more personally, because especially against Aaron Donald, I think if Aaron Donald's smart, he's going to stick to Brian Witzman's side for the entirety of the game, not even worry about switching. Um, but I, I would like to see Eric Cush back out there. I think he's a better, uh, better offensive line, better talent overall in the league a little bit longer, I think, as well. So Eric Kush has a little bit more going for him. Aside from his injury, I, that might be the only thing that keeps him uh, on the sideline or at least out of this rotation, uh, which I don't like a rotation in lineman anyway. But even if it helps relieve Brian Witzman in some cases, then I'm all for it. But I'd like to see Eric Kush get some more, some more playing time. Yeah, and I know Aaron Donald's looking, watching this tape and just saying, ooh, number 78, I'm going to go head up with you every time. And I'm going to make you look bad because, honestly, if you go back and watch the All-22, it is not good. And my notes still go on and on for Witzman. I only read you a couple, but that that's what it was. That's what the day was like for Witzman. I know the conditions weren't ideal, but you still can't be playing like that against a 
Giants front seven that, you know, going into that game wasn't really that good. But to answer your second part of your question and still dealing with the offensive line, bunch of offensive line this week, Brandon, I know you're loving it, but what, what's the status of Kyle Long? Well, I'm sure we'll, we'll know more maybe this week. I, I know that I don't think the Bears addressed it um, in today's press conference, but the last I heard and just from reading articles, he was still in a walking boot. So he still got some time uh, to get to where he needs to be, but the Bears haven't said anything that he can't return um, in week 17 versus the Vikings or possibly for a playoff game. But I think how the Bears are going to approach this is they're going to be very cautious with Kyle Long. Uh, he's had a bunch of injuries um, in the past and obviously this season. And just look how they addressed Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson and Mitch Trubisky. They each had you know two games off to get to where they needed to be. And now hopefully they're, they're all good moving forward. We've seen that from Robinson and Mack and hopefully the same for Trubisky. So look, I know Kyle Long, it's been more than that. But if he isn't ready, I don't think the Bears will force it. They, they won't do that. They, that would go against everything the Bears have done all season long. And look, it's paid out. It's paid out for the Bears in a good way that these guys that were injured have come back to full health. And that's exactly what you want. But that offensive line is hurting without him. I know Bears fans would love to have Kyle Long for this matchup because of Aaron Donald. I mean, Kyle Long, when he's healthy, is able to go. He's one of the better offensive linemen in the league. And you definitely want to have that against arguably the best defensive player in the league in Aaron Donald. But uh, what, what do you think, Brandon? Do you think if Kyle Long is healthy, not healthy, what, how do you think the Bears kind of play with this situation with Kyle Long's health? I was just kind of scrolling through uh, some online searches about his injury. And uh, I guess before the Giants game, Ryan Pace said, you know, we're not going to rule him out for the 2018 season. Uh, so I would, I, you know, I don't know if it means regular season or postseason, uh, but if he's still in a walking boot, that tells me that I don't know that he's going to be necessarily ready by the end of the year. Uh, just in my opinion, I'm certainly not a doctor, so I don't know. And I, like you said, I think they're going to take every precaution they can to try and, uh, restore his longevity because we know he's a guy that's got injury history. I think they want to do what they can and try and keep him on the field as long as they can when they get him back. Yeah, yeah, that for sure. I mean, Kyle Long, it's unfortunate that every year something ends up happening to him because he's a great player, great leader, and who knows what his career would have been like had he just been healthy for you know these past couple of seasons now but you know that's all in the past now and and to answer now your last question this has to deal with the running game when are the bears going to consistently give jordan howard the ball i don't know it didn't happen Good. it hasn't happened question question yeah i mean the bears haven't done it all season and when you only have three rushing attempts in the second half in overtime versus the giants that that just didn't make sense to me i don't know why that was the case look chase daniel wasn't playing well in the first half. It was sloppy conditions. Why not run the football? And I know Matt Nagy, he's already addressed this in his press conference. And I wrote an article about it and they said they were playing Howard differently. Well, okay. You can't, you have to make adjustments to the defense's adjustments. You would think. And I just thought it was set up to where Howard was having success early on in that game. And the thing was he had some good runs is because he had good cutbacks and showed that great vision. Who knows what could have happened later in that game if you just given Howard a little bit more than, what, three attempts in the second half. More times than not, he the intended course, though, for, 
for Howard was blocked. So he made a cutback and was able to gain these big yards. But look, that's all in the past now because Nagy decided we're going to pass it. When it wasn't ideal conditions, it was sloppy, could barely get a handoff. Well, you don't have to, you could just get the shotgun pass and give it to Howard and see what he can do. But yeah, Brandon, I feel like we get questions each each week about the running game. I mean, what's your take on this? Is it is it hopeless? Is this something that Negi and the staff just need to look for next season? What, what's your take on this? Well, this is a, a very good question because I think we've all been asking the same question. Uh, when are they going to consistently give it to Jordan Howard? I mean, I think we've been asking that all year. Uh, and I thought that this Giants game was the one that they were going to do it because he was on pace to have 120 yards. I think he had 65 by halftime and finished with five in the second half, if I remember right. Uh, so, and you said, you know, when you're when you're in your response to this about, you know, making adjustments to the defense, sometimes you don't even have to. Maybe Matt Nagy, I think he's still trying to overthink some things. You know, we see him get cute in the in the red zone, trying to, do all these funky things to get get the ball in the end zone, which is fine, which is cool. It, it worked a couple times against the Giants, uh, but in getting the ball downfield, you can really eat up some clock, uh, especially if you establish the run. And we know that we've got a very good, reliable running back in Jordan Howard to be able to do that. Uh, he's not a thousand yard rusher uh, his first two years in the league for no reason. I mean, he runs hard, keeps the legs churning, and cranks out every yard that he had. And, and we've seen the patience and the vision, like you said, against the Giants with those cutback runs. Uh, so. Even if Matt Nagy made an adjustment to how they were handling Howard, in some instances, you don't have to do it. It really all just depends on the course of the game. Don't try and script out the whole game uh, because, I, frankly, I don't think that works very well because you can't predict some of the situations in a game. Uh, so, you know, you have your plays ready for certain situations, but if the general game flow is, you know, Jordan Howard's running the ball pretty well, stick it to him until they prove that he can stop him. Yeah, I, I like that. It's uh, whether or not Nagy will actually do that in a game. Is to be seen because, like we've said all season, it hasn't happened all season. So that that's our take on the running game. It might just be something that you know Nagy next year is going to be like, all right, let's let's fix this. We have to. And you would think with, and this goes on the offensive line too. I just don't think there's been a lot of the the right blocking for Jordan Howard. Like I said, the bigger runs on the day happen because he's making cutbacks and going to where, uh, not where the play's intended to go. But, you know, making his own plays and that that falls, I think, on Harry. He stand, you know, he's brought in to, you know, improve this offensive line. And for the most part, pass blocking. Yes. But run blocking, there's still some issues that need to be corrected. And the first, you know, first year back, it's going to take some time. You just think that it would be corrected by now um, heading into week 14. But the one thing I want to point out, too, is you have to look at what he stands been given. Uh, he can only play the cards that he's dealt, and he's given a rookie, James Daniels, who's pretty good. Yeah. You know, not not to bash on there, but we just talked about how you know he likes to play a little bit faster than the game's actually going. Uh, so once he slows down, he'll be in better shape. And then Brian Witzman, who sometimes apparently doesn't know what the play call is. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, those are just things that he's got to keep in mind uh, before we say, you know, it falls on, on his stand as well, which it does to a, a, a tiny, tiny extent. I really like his stand, so I'm trying to defend him the best mm-hmm. I can. Can, but uh, I, I agree with you. The uh, the run blocking, there we go, uh, is needs needs to improve definitely, and I think that just comes with better talent sometimes too. Yeah, it's a collective effort for sure, and we're hoping at some point the Bears do correct this because they're going to need the running game. And against the Giants, it would have been great to have it in that second half and in overtime. So, Brandon, that's going to do it for our audio questions for today's show. But as usual, we do have some Twitter questions and. 
we have a bunch of good ones and we have a unique uh twitter handle from uh for this uh first uh twitter question and it comes from drunk khalil mac yes you heard that right so the question is how much of a factor will Russ play in Trubisky's return? And how long will it take him to get back into rhythm? A couple drives? A couple plays? Brandon, what's your assessment on this? Obviously, it's been since that fourth quarter against the Vikings with a little less than three minutes left in the game since Mitch Trubisky threw his last pass. And now, here he goes. He has to play on Sunday night against the Rams, Aaron Donald, what do you think it's going to be like for Trubisky and, and the rust factor? I will be shocked if they don't throw a pass more than 20 yards on the first play. Just just to be honest, I think that uh, Matt Nagy and Trubisky are going to go, let's just attack them early, you know, with these scripted plays. Let's just do it. You know, I'm back. You know, we're going to show that I'm not rusty at all. And I think that they're going to try and play a little bit of the the mind games here. If they let them air it out early, that I totally expect, I don't know how much rust there's actually going to be. I would suspect a little bit, but I think that Matt Nagy and Trubisky are going to try and hide that by being aggressive and throwing downfield early on. So we may not even see this this rust, but I I don't know. I I would say you know a, a couple drives. Uh, I think that's the right the right frame to really get back adjusted to the game. But I think that they try and cover that up the best they can early on. Oh, interesting. Okay, they just come out firing. I like it. I mean, look, Nagy's been pretty aggressive uh, this season, and just saying, Trubisky, let's air it out against you know this Rams defense. Get catch him off guard at home. I, I, I like that. It's a good mindset to have. Um, look, in in today's press conference, Nagy said that Trubisky's throwing the ball well, and Trubisky said when he was at the podium, he's close to hundred percent. So that's what you want to hear out of your quarterback. Of course, with that being said, there's going to be rust for a guy, like I said, that hasn't thrown since uh, that Vikings game. And there, there should be rust. Look, he hasn't been practicing like he normally would. But I would say, you know what, I'm going to say it's going to take him a couple plays. But ironically, I think the first time he has to scramble, which is going to happen when you're playing Aaron Donald, it's going to happen. And he makes someone miss and either runs or throws to a receiver who adjusts his route. That's when I think you'll know Trubisky will be back in rhythm because that's what he does. That's that's a part of his game. So once that first play like that happens, and like I said, it's going to it, it's going to happen against the Rams. That's when you know Trubisky will be back. He's going to be moving the offense as long as we see him command the huddle like he has been, getting his guys lined up right and making the right decisions. You'll know that the rust, even though he's been out for two weeks he'll be back and that's what you want to see and maybe a good way of doing that is just kind of being aggressive early get that first pass out of the way then get a nice handoff or, or whatever there that would be a good way of getting Trubisky's rhythm back because uh look you can't take too many plays off against uh, an opposing offense that you know right from the get-go is going to want to start scoring because that's what they've been doing all season so hopefully the rust factor isn't too significant because you know like I said take a couple plays off you could be down by 14 already at that point. Okay, so my own question, I guess, for our own audio mailbag here. Uh, <laughs> if Trubisky's got this rust, do you want the Bears to receive the ball if they win the toss, or do you still defer? I think you still – I'd like it when the Bears defer. I think they – you know, they've they've been mostly doing that all season. I think right. it's when they lose the toss is when they force them to go on offense first. But then again – Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep 
all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. The Bears have been pretty good on opening drives this season, so... Well, that's what I was saying. If we if we put up points on them early and put that pressure on them, maybe that's you know the right strategy. I don't know. I'm not much of a coin flip master. That's something I've got to watch the all twenty two on and see what happens. You know, funny that we mentioned coin flips and and all that. With uh with yesterday being my birthday, my friend Ben actually got me an official game coin for the Bears, and I thought Sweet. it was awesome. And he, he just gave, you know he got it for me. I was really surprised first of all, but I'm like, oh man, now we're talking. I was gonna bring it up on the podcast on the post game show, but then, you know, it just didn't happen, but now we're talking about coins and now I just have it above <laughs> my desk here. So cool way to, to bring that up. But yeah, that's a really interesting take Do the bears take, or I think if they, if they win the coin toss, I think they'll kick, but I, you know, like we said, they've had some success with opening drives. And if you can get, if you can get up early on the Rams and, you know, have that pass rush kind of take over from the beginning. That'd be fantastic. But I guess we'll just have to wait. We'll have to wait till Sunday <laughs> night to see. I'm so amped for this game. I really am. It's uh, we've been waiting for a long time. I know the Bears just lost, but they've they've been looking forward to this one. So a fan. So it'll be good that this game is finally here. It's game week, and it'll be a lot of fun. All right, Brandon. We have another Twitter question from Braden Crack. I don't know if I, I pronounced that last name correct. Sorry. Not uh, paid to pronounce names here, but <laughs> all right. The question goes, since the Patriots game week seven, Trey Burden has consistently been a non-factor. One touchdown in six weeks. What do you see that's causing him to not be as big of a part of this offense as we thought entering the season? He did have a great seal block on Sunday, but that doesn't put up fantasy points. Sat face. And I know all about that, Braden, because in one of my leagues, I have Trey Burden. I started him, and he he put up goose eggs throughout. But I will say, and I'm glad that you brought this up, because I was looking into this, and I was almost going to write an article uh, about Trey Burden and not being utilized the past couple weeks, but talking about it is just, just as good. So Burden was recently on ESPN Chicago, and David Kaplan actually asked him about his lack of targets in the last couple weeks, and basically Burden said, he doesn't know what the cause is. Uh, they're not playing uh, double coverage on him, and you know uh, he isn't getting double teamed or anything like that. It, it's just you know each week it seems like there could be a new, a different guy. A, you know that one guy that maybe Matt Nagy wants to utilize in this game, depending on the game plan. And Burton has just been, like you said, a little bit of a non-factor. But you also have to factor in that Daniel has been the quarterback the last two games against the Giants. Like I said. Zero targets. Zeros all across the board. Then you have the Lions, which, remember, was not a good game for Trey Burton. He had four receptions, seven targets, 28 yards, had that fumble, had a bad holding call. It, it wasn't a good wasn't a good game for Burton. But in that last touchdown that he had wasn't a blowout win against the Bills. However, I wouldn't say that Burton hasn't been a big part of this offense um, like fans initially thought he would be. Because, look, he's fourth on the team in receptions behind Cohen, Gabriel, and Robinson. He has the second-most touchdowns with five behind Anthony Miller. He's got the third-most 20-plus yard receptions, has the second-most yards after the catch, and he has the third-most receiving first downs. He also has a career high in receptions at 38, 
in yards with 448, and he's tied his career high with touchdowns with five. So it's not that Trey Burton hasn't, I guess, lived up to expectations. Really, the, the expectations weren't very high with him coming out of Philadelphia, right? So I think for the for this offense to be better, they definitely need to utilize him more because seeing what he's done the past couple of weeks, that's not what you need. That's not going to factor into your offense doing better things. And look, I'm a Trey Burton guy. I want him to do well every single week. I'm always looking for him to do well. And the way he played against the Giants and not getting targets, that definitely doesn't help. There were some plays, though, where he's open. He's open, but the line just fails to block long enough. Chase Daniel has to get rid of the ball or take a bad sack. He's open. It's 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 a team sport. You need everybody to be doing their part. So what do you think, Brandon, about uh, Trey Burton just not getting the targets, the the production that he, I guess, was earlier on in the season? I can't believe that you said the expectations for him coming out of Philadelphia weren't that high because if it was just you on the podcast <laughs> talking about Trey Burton, you'd think that the expectations were through the roof. But uh, true, I'm joking. Uh, I mean, I mean, you listed off all of the stats. I mean, just because he's not in the end zone doesn't mean he's not contributing in other ways. Uh, I mean, yeah, your your fantasy team doesn't get seal blocks uh, <laughs> for points, uh, but that helps the Bears win, which. Frankie, I'll take a Bears win over my fantasy team doing well uh, any day of the week. Uh, so I, it's not so much that he's not as big part of an offense. I mean, he did go 0 for last week. Didn't have a very good game against the Lions, uh, but for the most part, for the for the year, I've been been pretty pleased. Yeah, I know he's not uh, the big the big touchdown guy that we all thought he was going to be, but I think that comes down to play calling down there in the red zone as well, uh, because we've seen Matt Nagy just get cute at times, and that doesn't always get the ball in the end zone. So sometimes you either just got to pound in with Jordan Howard, or you got to get it to your bigger guys, Trey Burton, Adam Shaheen, Allen Robinson, uh, Anthony Miller. We've seen uh, be able to, to do some things there in the red zone as well this year. So. It's just a matter of who who they're going to target and whether or not Matt Nagy is going to continue to be cute with his play calling or or who they're just going to target in the red zone. It's I don't know. It's not that I can't come up with any one cause. I think Trey Burton's right in his answer on uh, ESPN Chicago that there's not really you know one cause or he didn't really have a cause. It's just kind of how the offense flows sometimes. Yeah, it's how the offense flows sometimes. And look, he's not going to be the main guy each and every week. It just so happens that it's been a couple weeks. And look. The Bears have, they were on a five-game winning streak um, since his last, or well, since that Bills game where they won and he had his last touchdown, the Bears have been on a winning streak until up till last Sunday against the Giants. So the Bears have been winning without Trey Burton, I guess, being a focal, focal point in this offense. But like you said, it's not just about touchdowns. There's there's great seal blocks that lead to other great <laughs> things that happen. So he's going to keep doing his thing. And I know he he did in that uh, press conference, he sounded a little frustrated. Look, I think any player that is not getting, you know, the, the targets, the receptions, the, the stats, you're going to be a little frustrated, but it's ultimately a team sport to where if the team's winning, it makes that not getting the production a little bit easier to handle. And I think Trey Burton, he's a great, you know, he's a great teammate. Uh, I think he's more of a team guy than a production guy. So it, it, regardless of how Negi goes about maybe fixing this, it, I think Trey Burns going to be all right with it because just of how his attitude and his approach to the game is. All right, Brandon, we have our last Twitter question of the night, and it comes from Lucas Hartman. Here's the question. This is a bit long-winded, but anyway, do you agree with me that the Bears seem to not only be leading the division but are the only team in the NFC North that is on the rise with the Vikings treading water and Aaron Rodgers aging. 
the Bears could have a dominant future with a young core. And I read this and I, I thought about it, but when you really think about this division and just the, the NFC North as a, as a whole, there's been there's been a lot of change and there's going to still be a lot of change coming. Obviously, the Bears have you know eight wins on the season with a, a rookie head coach and bringing in everybody they brought in new, basically an entire new offense with new players, and they've had success. Well, look the the Vikings, you know they're doing something similar with their offense, bringing in Kirk Cousins, and things haven't quite clicked the way they wanted to, right? And you know they're still in the hunt. The Bears and Vikings are going to come down to Week 17, maybe for whoever wins the division. So I still think. They are, you know, a team that's still trying to find one their identity. They also lost Dalvin Cook earlier in the season. That never helps losing, you know, your star running back. They still have a great defense, though, so. and I think they have a, they have a, you know, they have a, they have a small window to where they can be a really good football team. But then you look at the Green Bay Packers. They just fired their head coach Mike McCarthy. Look, as much as you know, seeing the Packers in turmoil and just being a dumpster fire right now. I think where are they tied with the, with the Browns right now with uh record wise or something like that? It's not good. You never want to be associated with the Browns in any kind of context, but they are, but look, the Packers are going to get better. Most likely they're going to hire an offensive minded guy. And you pair that up with Aaron Rodgers. I don't care. You know, if that rod, that uh, roster is aging, you still have Aaron Rodgers, And if you get him the right head coach, unfortunately, the firing of Mike McCarthy makes the Packers better. And then you have the Lions. They also have a, a, a new head coach right now. And that Matt Patricia, it just hasn't been clicking with them. But you just don't know what's going to end up happening in Detroit. Honestly, I, I think they're they're the in the basement right now, the NFC North. But you never know, right? They they beat the Patriots early on this season. They they play competitive with the Rams just last week up until the end there. So it's a very questionable football team but there's just been so much change in the nfc north but like you said the bears are in a good spot because they're so young and they're having so much success early on brandon there was a lot of things i talked about about this nfc north but what is your take on what lucas was saying about the nfc north and the bears position in it uh, in the short term yeah i agree uh, that the bears you know seem really destined to take control of the nfc north for the long term if you just look at it right now uh, but like you said, it really depends who Green Bay is going to bring in as their head coach. Uh, really depends when uh, Kirk Cousins is going to click with uh, the offense in Minnesota fully. I mean, they are treading water, yes, uh, and they can really go either way. This can either go really well or really bad, and I think we'll find out here uh, relatively soon, I guess, by the end of the year, beginning of next year, I guess, if that's not enough time for them to figure it out. Uh, then I would say that they're trending downward, but I think they still have some some flux to work with. They've been playing pretty well lately. Uh, and then the Lions, I guess that's just my giant wild card because, like you said, they've been competitive with really good teams. Uh, they're really competitive and tough at home, but just against some of these other teams, you know, that we have questions around, it's I, it's they're just a wild card. That's just kind of the best best way that I can put it. We just don't know what you get week in and week out with the Lions. They play really well at home, but not so well on the road. And sometimes they play tougher against tougher teams, and they play down to their competition otherwise. So, I think that in the short term, yeah, the Bears are going to take control of the NFC North and and really hang on to it. Uh, but there's still a lot of things that have to be proven uh, with the other teams, like the Vikings, whether or not their quarterback clicks. Uh, they're going to have to have some changeover in their defense here uh, relatively soon in the next couple of years because that's an aging defense as well. 
and then whoever the Packers bring in as a as a coach is really going to determine their future. So I I would agree that the Bears at least have the most stability as far as going forward, and that sets up for long term success. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, and it's really because of where the Bears were at just even a season go a season ago, just winning five games and John Fox and everything like that. It's great that we're having this conversation that the Bears are possibly the front runners now of being you know consistently winning the NFC North, which hasn't happened for a very long time. And we still got to see how this season plays out. Very important matchup Sunday night against the Rams. And that's where, you know, we're going to take this conversation going into tomorrow's podcast for the preview show. But before we do that, just want to let you know, if you want to get your question heard on the next audio mailbag podcast, all you got to do is call 872-240-4007. And that number again is 872 872- Two four zero four zero zero seven. Just give us a call. We, we know you guys got questions. Just leave us a voicemail. And the best ones can be heard in the next audio mailbag podcast. But like I said, tomorrow, Brandon, Will, and I will be on the preview podcast previewing this huge, monumental, exciting, much-anticipated matchup against the Rams on Sunday night in Soldier Field. So make sure you tune into that podcast tomorrow. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.